Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. Well, hey there, guys. Welcome, folks, to our uh, fourth episode. Um, Marty here with Mike. uh, We are sitting here in our lovely condominium apartments i don't have a condominium apartment. ready no, to give you guys a, uh, another farmhouse. great i live in a farmhouse well no you don't actually you know what you actually own a house so <laughs> a uh, condominium apartment for mike and marty's got himself a nice little a nice little shack there. yeah <laughs> um so again welcome to our fourth episode folks and uh you know what let's kind of uh, get right into the um, meat of things here with uh with the uh segment we always start out with uh check checking it marty did you want to give check uh, my fanny you want to give the uh, folks a little check-in to see what's going on with our So <laughs> this is what's interesting. Again, folks, we, we record this stuff on Sundays, and it's the last day of our week. And with the way things are standing right now, Mike, I mean, unless you see something crazy happening with your game against, I think it's Jason, um, our, our division is going to get... Christ, unless he gets another shutout well, on yeah, it, for God's yeah, sakes. Oh, He's but I, three shutouts on I checked, week. though, neither goalie is starting tonight. So you're fine there. There's oh, no shutouts. You're fine. You're, you're basically you're gonna you. win. Um, so <laughs> I love you too. So yeah. So Mike's gonna go four and two, and the rest of us are all gonna go three and three. So that's Ryan, uh, Joel, and myself. I'm gonna lose this week big time because my players decided, ah, we're not gonna play hockey this week. We're just gonna take a little nap, and that's what happens sometimes. <laughs> sometimes don't you find that sometimes? Like it, it happened to Tom last week where everybody took a nap on his team. He was the, the the lowest goals for uh, that week, and it's weird. Like you get these great players, these great teams, great records, and then you know, like ever, like it happens. Like he's on a he's on a one game losing streak. I'm about to help him out with that. But every once in a while, you see these great teams that just go to bed. It's kind of like uh, your brother mentioned last week. There's like so much parity in the league. Yes, there's a couple of rebuilding teams, but other than that, like. You know, True. like you say, if the the guys go to sleep and they all tend to go to sleep together that one week, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> geez, that didn't sound all that great. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. No, so, I mean, that's if, not. If it's all... not that kind of show. <laughs> I'm gonna have to put the censor button on this one. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, <laughs> if they all if they all go to the uh, if they all hit the uh, the skids at the same time, I mean, you can really kind of you can really kind of yeah. have a bad week there. Yeah. Uh, and it ruins a and it ruins a week. But I, like our division, it's like yes, I've lost. Now I'm three and three. But so is the rest of the division, except for you. So I I feel fine. Like we're all battling for second place. Like it's that's pretty good. And like you were mentioning, I mean, I, I believe at the end of this week, if everything stays true, I think Joel. Well, Joel winning his week, I believe I may have only a two game yeah. lead on him as the division leader. So. Again, like nobody's nobody. Well, you've got only a two-game lead on any of us. Exactly. That's the thing. Like, like Brian, Joel, and myself are all going to be three and three. That's nothing. The whole division nothing. is all jammed up together yeah. still. Yep. And it's the Gretzky division it, that's gonna, really. It, I mean, again, <laughs> the Gretzky division is. Oh yeah, the other division is 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 looking pretty good at this point in regards to if you're Tom and your dad. Yeah. I mean, that's it. I know your dad's not. I know your dad's having a rough go this week, but Tom's kind of other than. Other than last week, where he kind of had a little bit of a hiccup, he's That's it. Yeah. he's continuing to get it done. Yep. But as a side note for you, Marty, maybe after the program, go and check the uh, CFHL breakdown, and uh, I won't get into it with the uh, listeners here. It's a little detailed, but just know that there's a couple of teams that are actually ahead of Tom in the breakdown. So to- the the luck factor is helping Tom out uh, for sure. He's got a great team to boot there, but true. Uh, he is getting a little bit. He is getting a little bit of luck playing some guys that are having some tougher weeks. That's right. 
Um, so, and that's uh, basically that's I think that's our that's our league. I don't want to go too too deep on that. That's that's a pretty good catch up in there. So we might as well just go uh, around the league in thirty plays now at this point and um, talk about a couple of things. And actually, sorry, first thing I because we were just talking about it and it's. I don't want to get too deep in it because we've got the Oli Hab segment, but I do want to talk about how the fact that Connor McDavid is currently the second best player on his team. Um, Drysidle. I mostly want to talk Drysidle, which will then lead into the other guy. Okay, so I want to use this as a lead-in because it's ridiculous to think that McDavid gets to start on a 17-game point streak, studying records on his own. Meanwhile, he's not the best player on his team. Um, and I can, I think we can uh, punctuate that with, if you, if you, anybody saw the game Edmonton versus Chicago on Saturday night, uh, his snipe when he got that breakaway um, with was with so much authority, like he was just like, no, this puck is going in the net and it's going right there. Nothing you can do about it. And it was beautiful. I, I think he's. That was a beautiful <sighs> goal, man. Like just beautiful. I, it's, I mean, there's not much more you can say there. So much skill and so quick. And it's just, but all of it just punctuated by that moment. And that's when it hit me. And I realized that Dreisaitl is, especially right now in this league. So like someone at one point on Twitter, I had at like, were just conversations between uh, Ovi and, and Crosby. And I said, you know what? I would take Ovi um, for, if my life depended on it, to take a shot to win, to save my life. Um, and I chose Ovi. And I think right now, I, I could be easily persuaded to say, no, I think I'll go with Dreisaitl. I would agree with that, man. Like, if, there's not much more you can say. The guy is the leading scorer in the league. He's the leading scorer on his team, like you just said, that has McJesus on it. So, <laughs> like, I mean... What, to be what able more? to just to keep up with McDavis is one thing. McDavis. McDavid is one thing. But to... To go so far as really kind of make a lot of people go, you know what? He, Dreisaitl might actually be the best player in the world right now. That says a well, lot for I a mean, player. That's incredible. You know, I mean, with all of the accolades that, that McDavid gets, and I mean, just the, sh- the, the cast, the shadow that he casts on that team, it, 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 it is a wonder why um, Dreisaitl is still not kind of buried in all of the hype, right? But the guy just continues to force his way through. I mean... Again, leading the league in scoring, uh, obviously leading his own team. It's just, it, it is quite the accomplish, accomplishment, especially with the, the ilk of player that McDavid is. I mean, quite simply, you yeah. can't put it any clearer than that. He's the better player at this particular moment. Throughout a career, that may be a whole different conversation for a whole different day. But at the present moment, if somebody mm-hmm. came up to me and said, you know what, Mike? Leon Dreisaitl is absolutely and unequivocally the best player in the league right now. It'd be difficult. You can't argue that. It'd be really difficult to argue with that. <laughs> the facts kind of lean in the other favor. So, yeah, you'd have to give your head a shake if you didn't at least consider it because it's pretty obvious. But I, I wanted to I wanted to use that, though, as a tie-in to what this the, we want to talk about is Ovi. So Ovi's on his chase, right? And... I actually saw the audacity of someone suggesting that he wasn't going to beat Gretzky. Because I think we can all agree now at this point, there's no there's no questioning it, right? Like he's he's not just going to catch Gretzky, but he's going to do it in less time than his contract, his five-year contract. And the rest of it is just going to be gravy. Am I right? Marty, like, come on. I mean, some of the numbers that I've got here for you guys, 
uh, is backing up exactly what you just just said. Like, there's two. I I I, I think that this guy is going to absolutely crush it. Um, when I say crush it, I don't mean necessarily by like 500 goals or anything like that, but I mean, it's not just going to be by like 25, 50 goals there. Like he's, he's going to put a nice little bit of distance between them. Um, I mean, some of the, some of the numbers that I went over today, Marty are actually, I was actually quite surprised just going over some of them and how achievable this is Yeah. now all of this ties in, ties into the fact that he has to continue at the current pace that he's going at. Now, of course, you can throw in some smaller injuries, but if he has a major injury, that could throw things a little bit off uh, in regards to that mm-hmm. total, for sure. But I mean... But let's let's be honest here. The th- when it comes to Ovi, his trajectory has always is pretty much been the same his entire career, and he's not even close to showing any signs of slowing down. There's always yep. the little blips here and there where he just doesn't score maybe in those big bunches that he normally does. But yep. he always rebounds, even last year. Like he was on another tear last year to score over thirty, or if not thirty-five goals, if he played a full season. Like to consistently do over thirty-five every year is an incredibly difficult thing to do. Ovi is a is a lock at thirty-five. It's whether or not he hits sixty. Well, you know what, Marty? Like rather than kind of comb over it lightly, let me just give you some like hard fact numbers here in regards to what he's doing, where he is, and where he's going. So the guy currently sits at 744. He's 150 goals away from Gretzky's total right now. Um, on the year currently, 18 games played, 14 goals, 15 assists for 29 points. So, of course, important there, mm. 14 goals in 18 games. Uh, he's at a uh, 0.78 clip. If you multiply that by the amount of games that are left yeah. this season, which is 64, at least for his team, um, Basically, that equals out to another 50 goals on top of the 14 that he has now for a total of 64 goals. So if he was to hit that, if he's to stay on the same trajectory, I mean, keeping in mind, Backstrom is coming back. That's going to be fine. Um, so, I mean, the chances of him hitting this total are actually pretty decent. And if he does that, at the end of this current year, he would be sitting at 100 goals away from Gretzky's 894 total with four, with four years remaining. <laughs> so calculate 100 divided by four. I'm yeah. pretty sure that oh, we can hit 25 I've goals been, a year. I, I've been saying this since the beginning of the season. He reaches, he surpasses Gretzky near the end of year three. So like with maybe we'll say two months left in year three. But then from year, th- so the end of year three there, which, you know, Ovi just needs 10 games to get the 10 goals. Like, honestly, that's all he needs. So whatever he's got at the end of the three quarters of the mm-hmm. way of the season, add in t- at least 10 more goals. Um, and then he's got all of year four and he's got all year five. That's, you know, at a minimum 35 each year. That's 70 plus 10, another 80. So he's going to be... in. You know, a safe assumption. He's going to be about a hundred goals over what Gretzky I mean, did, and that is just absurd. And, and and he doesn't even have to keep on that on the current pace to actually kind of give himself that buffer. You know what I mean? So it's it's I don't know. That's I mean, right. we've had the opportunity and the pleasure of watching this guy for his whole career. It's one of those players that you and I have had the chance, and we're going yeah. to get the whole the whole piece of the pie here. It's going to really be interesting to see how this all plays yeah. out towards the end. And uh, you know, I, I'm. 
I'm of the uh, I'm of the ilk that this guy is definitely going to do this and do it pretty comfortably too. Yeah, and quite frankly, there there's just it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, his entire career has been a lot of fun. He's been, you know, like take Brett Hall and just like make him slightly better because him on steroids. Put him on. Yeah, okay, there he goes. <laughs> Because the the game the, the styles of games were very similar, and it's a lot of fun to watch. It's just so much power with that shot, um, the, and you know the way he never shied from getting involved in plays and stuff like that. Like you know, always a very respectable player that you could really hang your hat on. He has a lot of heart. He loves doing what he does, and the thing he does the best is scores is score goals. So it's it's always it's always great to watch him go out there and play and score those goals because you never know. Some like I I remember the the highlight of his was it his first goal the, the highlight where he he falls on his back and then he try he scoops it behind his head was that his first ever goal? It wasn't his first goal, but I do know that it was against Arizona. Okay, that I remember. Ah, <laughs> oh, poor Arizona. Yeah, poor it's it's been yeah, a, it's been a long time, man. It's been a long time. <laughs> All right. So um I think I think you know we're going to always going to get there. We're in agreement. We can move on from this now. Oh yeah. Um but uh you know another player actually just to touch base on just a little bit because we've talked about it a couple of times is Kucherov and you've always asked this and it's a very good question. Have we seen the best of Kucherov? And one thing I wanted to mention with Kucherov is his career reminds me a lot of Peter Forsberg. There's so much great raw skill there, and like he's, he's extremely talented. Definitely one of the best top five, if not top three, in the world when he's at his healthiest. But are we are we entering the the realms where you know when Forsberg started to get hurt all the time, and then eventually he just wasn't playing? Like he was, if you saw forty games of him, that was good. Uh, are we in that realm with with um with you know what? I mean, in my personal opinion, I I think we've maybe seen. I guess I'm gonna have to re- reserve judgment, Marty. At the end of the day, just because I gotta see how this injury all plays out. What my head's telling me is, I think we've seen peak. Um, that doesn't mean that this guy's crashing to a sixty point player. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, have we have we seen? Uh, uh, Kucherov at 120, 128 points, 130 points. I think so. But what I will say, and the reason why I'm kind of holding off because of this injury, he's played a lot of hockey. This is kind of the second major injury that he's kind of had going on over the past two to three years. So it'll be interesting to see how he comes out of this. Now, the reason that I hold out a lot of hope is... When this guy plays, Marty, I mean, yeah. we're talking about, you know, Ovi and how dominant he is. And just when this guy plays, he, he is dominant. He's an absolutely dominant player. Um, That's I mean, the thing. There's not much more you can say about it in regards to that. Like, this guy just gets the job done. I mean, we're talking like, yeah. what, like 30, 32 points in, in, in um, the two uh, Stanley Cup playoff runs. Oh, yeah. Like, that's it's right, yeah. just, I mean, he cut. He comes to play, man. So, and you, you got to. Th- yeah, it shows up at the right time, but he's technically, he's always there, really. <laughs> so, I, as much as I want to say, you know, we've for sure, for sure, for sure seen peak, and I, I really am leaning more to that. I just, how can you, how can you go against him just yet? You know what I mean? And that's kind of where that complete tipping point is. Um, so yeah, no sure take from this guy yet in regards to one way or the other. I am definitely the guy that's on the fence with this right now um, because he's given me kind of like 
really, yeah. really hopeful uh, he's only 28 as to why he can come out of this. But, you know, he's only 28 and we've got lots of time with him. I do think what ends up happening, though, is that he... I think we've seen the the, the start of a of an of an injury uh, consistency with him. Like he's he's. I think we've entered that realm now where he's going to fizzle out. Like the the rest of his years, I think are. Well, we may get one. Uh, well, sorry, no. We may get two or three more eighty two seasons out of him, but I think the rest of the way is some serious time missed because of this injury and and it's going to translate to other injuries too because there's going to be compensation and that sort of thing and it's going to mess with his game but he's going to adapt well and he's going to do he's going to do the best that he can all the time which is always going to be pretty impressive you know always a, a point a, a point a game player if not you know much better but some these star players too right they're so smart and they, and they can adjust their games a little bit too. So is that something that he can get into down the line? You know, one, does he have to? Does he have to adjust? And two, can he? Which, you know, you got to figure that he, he's that great of a player that he can. But, um, I mean, it, it, it is something that is kind of uh, interesting no matter which side you're kind of looking at it because I don't really think at this particular point you can really, really go with one side or the other, especially with the skill of this guy. Yeah. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep it moving and I'm going to – because I just was just looking at something right now um, – one one thing that I've noticed in the league, like, are we at the point now in the league in the or in the in the season? Sorry, where things are starting to settle with those teams that maybe came out of the gate a little too fast, a little little too hard and expected, and and then things just sort of level off, right? And because everyone come kind of comes back to reality. Are we in the area now where you think we've reached that? Because it's usually around twenty games in, right? Well, they always talk about that that American Thanksgiving as kind of the you know that kind of. Well, not a breaking point, but a kind of a good uh, a good indicator as to where things are going to be. And like you, like you say, it gives things a little bit of time to settle. Do we maybe add a little bit of, you know, maybe a week or week and a half to that, seeing as the season started about a week later than usual? Okay, m- maybe, but true. but I do That's think true. that you can start to kind of make, uh, uh, you know, some, some haves and some have-nots, uh, obviously. Um, I mean... Hell, my Montreal Canadiens being a have not. So you know what I mean. Like you can you can start to <laughs> yeah, you can start mostly, to pick yeah, things exactly. up a little bit here. Um, you're just bringing up the uh, the stand the uh, yeah. current standings for the league there right now. Um, it'll be interesting to see that Metropolitan Division yeah, again, it, man. It's uh, it's a murderer's row. It it is the one that I love seeing right now is the Pacific Division because I think there's a lot of really great stories in the Pacific Division right now. Um, Calgary and uh, Anaheim yeah, man. being two of the biggest ones that I Absolutely. I don't think these two teams are going anywhere. I think this is what it is. I think it's going to be Calgary and Anaheim are going to be in the playoffs. And I like I again I, I we're getting ahead of ourselves in terms of playoffs and stuff like that. But I I just I think the way Anaheim is playing and the way they believe in their system and everything and you know their their coach um, uh, Murray leaving didn't seem to phase them at all. Uh, Getzlaff getting his 1,000th point. Like Anaheim is playing, and Gibson as well. They're playing as great as you can want. But I mean, geez, so is Calgary. Like I don't think these are pretender teams anymore. I don't think they're 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 anything to to sneeze at. I think these are real contenders. So 
There is a lot of interest, though, definitely in uh, in the Pacific. I mean, if you're looking for something where, you know, some up-and-comers, uh, you know, some different teams and maybe some different spots than you thought, uh, you know, Edmonton yeah. kind of doing what they're doing, like you're saying, Calgary, pretty dominant here, uh, a surprise yeah. team in Anaheim. And not just, like, a surprise, like, oh, God, they're at 500. No, no, like, this is a team that oh, after no, no. 18 games is 10-5, and five, so... Like, like you're and saying, they've, I mean, they've this scored is, this only is... seven goals less than Edmonton. Think about that yep. for a second. I mean, that's it, impressive. <laughs> it really is. It really is. And I mean, you've got a rejuvenation in Getzlaff there. Obviously, we've uh, spent a lot of time on Troy Terry uh, on the program. You know, you've got Vegas yep. right now that 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 held water. We talked about that a little bit, and it held yep. some water. And we uh, we yep. got Vegas sitting there at eleven and seven. So. You know, on the plus side, uh, plus ledger for goals for and against. So things are starting to settle, getting some people back. It's going to really be interesting in that Pacific division for sure. And I think for me, when I see this kind of stuff, and I, I think this is, especially teams like Calgary and Anaheim, uh, maybe not so much Vegas, um, but Vegas, Vegas has got the depth that they can handle this kind of thing. Um, because I know one listener does not like the fact that we've talked about playoffs, but we haven't talked about the Olympics. And it's true because with the Olympics coming up in February, what's going to happen to these teams? A lot of the teams, like they're going to lose their, their, their best players, are going to be gone for a while, playing their hearts out for their countries and getting beat up a little bit. And when they come back, it's going to affect you know, the outcome of the standings a little bit. And in fact, it might even hit these teams before they go off to the Olympics. Uh, Cause some, some, some of team, these teams are going to feel it really hard whenever these players get back for sure. But when I look at the standings, I see Calgary and I see Anaheim, especially Anaheim, especially like they're going to lose Calgary. And Anaheim's going to lose a couple of players for sure. Um, like off the top of my head, Calgary, Gujo, they're going to lose probably uh, Lynn Holmes probably going to go, uh, I'm trying to think. Markstrom probably. Mangiapane potentially yeah. goes for Canada. Who knows? Who knows? Exactly. I mean, the great thing about being Canadian is that you get so many players you can pull from. If you don't go for Mangiapane, then whoever's the replacement is it's fine. It's just but, nuts. But in Anaheim's case, like, you know, Zegras might get a chance, but if he does, he's not playing huge minutes, although the United States. Or wait, is Zegras? Zegras is American, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, so when. And he, I could, he, he, you could conceivably see him making that team too. I mean, it's not out of the question there, but I mean, they no. do have the depth where, where I think he may miss out, depending on if they have some sort of a taxi squad too, like they usually do. He could potentially sure. be on that. Good, good, uh, a good lesson for him to, you know, be in that kind of spotlight. So it's always a possibility. Yeah. But like you're saying, there, it, it's some of these teams are gonna end up with some players that are not a hundred percent whenever they come back from this, and that will definitely affect a lot of the standings in some cases. Yeah, I, and I, that's and that's why I think Calgary and Anaheim we will benefit from their current standings, the way they're playing and the Olympics and so many other things clicking at the right time. Think of it as sort of like a perfect storm, the kind of thing that Montreal usually cashes in on. Where, In fact, Montreal might even be another team that actually ca capitalizes on this because they're not going to send a whole lot of players to the Olympics. If they can find a way to start winning, they might actually find themselves in the standings just because other teams are so much, especially in their division with Toronto, Florida, 
sending probably their best players out there. Um, you know, Tampa as well too. Geez, like um, Boston's basically their entire scoring lines are going to be gone. So you know that too. So you see, there's a lot of room there for Montreal to to pick up the slack because they're not going to really lose their team. The biggest issue though is that they don't have an identity. So you're not going to win games. Not going to win games. Nothing you can do about they it. They are lost, buddy. But throughout the divisions, there are teams that can bank on other teams sending more players than them and if they can just ride that out and do really well then you know there could be some there could be more than a few surprises in the uh, in the playoffs this year because it, of the it's going to throw a wrench into something i mean you know that it's not just going to stay the way it is so to speak when they kind of come out of this olympic break something somebody's i'm i, I kind of go yeah. back to the uh, i believe it was john Tavares, wasn't it when they went to the olympics that one year and he came back to the he was still with the islanders at the time and i believe he came back and he was injured and he couldn't play the rest of the year so just something like something like that that's, that's what's right. going through my mind like that is oh freak the uh, the story about crosby uh his wrist injury yep. had been injured yep. 14 years ago at the olympics <laughs> and, you know and he only just this year got it fixed like it w- stuff like that i think it was happen. in like what 24 2014 different. i think in the olympics he did something to it or it was something like that or is in the year 2014 uh, it was like, whatever it was, it was but i mean yeah, yeah it's been like forever that he's that he hasn't taken stuff. care of it i'm like what are you doing guy like what's going on but yeah. Uh, the, the, Why? the procedure must have taken long enough that he didn't want to interrupt either his training or something or other or whatever it was. I mean, you got to figure that Sidney Crosby had a good reason to do that. But I mean, at the end of the day, was it maybe the smartest and thing And you got to figure he's got the best medical advice. Oh, so I mean, no, it's not, not, a, not even a question, right? So, but it, yeah, like you say, it's going to, there will be something interesting on the other side of this whenever we come out of it for sure. Well, so, and, and Valda had said, like, honestly, the Olympics though is... I'm. I wasn't giving it much thought, obviously, because we hadn't talked about it yet on the show. But I am pumped for this because this is going to be. If there's so many different layers to this for the uh, for the men's hockey team that I kind of want to get into, but one of the biggest ones is the passing of the torch from Crosby to McDavid, which is why I love they announced that no matter what, Crosby and McDavid are on this team. I think Piotangelo, they may want to take a flyer and start over with that one, but at least with Crosby and McDavid, those aren't bad choices. You know those, are, those two are going to be there, and it's just, you know this is the year where Crosby says, okay, McDavid, I can't keep up with you. Here's the torch. This is your team now. It's all yours, buddy. It's true. Take it over. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it's not like in the moment where, um, you know, Lindros basically <laughs> was like, oh, I'm going to take it from Gretzky instead of having it handed to him. Remember that whole drama around yep. that? Um, so it's nothing like that. And, you know, yet Canada was still able to. Oh, no, Canada did not win gold that year. That was the year that uh, Gretzky was on the bench against the Dominator yep. for the for the shootout. Yeah. Oh my God. Still to this day, Mark that was not it. That was not a good Canadian moment, right there, man. No, no, no not a good <laughs> no, Canadian moment whatsoever. A lot of people were upset about that, um, but it, that's oh, wow, that's a good memory actually. Although a bad memory at the same time, but it's just, anyways, I remember where I was. I think a lot of people remember where they were during that moment. Do you remember where you were in that moment where Gretzky did not take? Uh, a penalty shot? Holy wow, 98. Um, I can't remember exactly where I was, but I do know that I was watching that game. That that I remember. I, just, I, remember him, okay. I remember him seeing kind of bent over on the bench, and it was just like, man, we, we did not oh, send yeah. Wayne Gretzky out for, oh, man, we're <laughs> going to hear about this dude for a while. And, and we did. Like, I mean, uh. that, that was a very, very um, 
interesting team that they built. I believe that was the team where they kind of overthought things and they brought in Rob Zamner oh, was on that team. I think and, you're right. Uh, yeah, I think they really overthought that one and they were like, oh, we need a real yeah. team. Okay. <laughs> That's true. That's like, a good point. <laughs> let's see how that works out for you there. And, you know, it didn't really work out so no. hot. But that's okay because I do think after looking at some of the uh, preliminary players uh, from the Olympics, Marty, uh, there's, I, I think we're obviously Canada's in pretty good shape. We got a, a ton to pull from, but there is some pretty interesting uh, things uh, after looking into it for a little while. And, and like you, I wasn't really keeping a massive beat on it. Uh, I guess more because of the fact that it wasn't a sure thing with this whole COVID yeah. going on. So interesting that way but after i had a chance to really take a look at it there's some there's some interesting little tidbits when it comes to either groupings or uh who some of the players are on some of the teams so um so yeah i'll just kind of rifle through this a little bit here guys there are three groups that are going to be going to uh, the olympics group a b and c um canada the u.s are in group a along with germany and China. Now, of course, if you guys have been keeping uh, track, China may or may not uh, be allowed, well, allowed or whatever the case may yeah. be. There's a lot of discussion that maybe they just don't have the talent and it could be a little bit embarrassing maybe getting that kind of feel. Either way, uh, without getting too into it too much, if China doesn't go, Norway is the next uh, top-ranked team, so Norway could be thrown in there as well. Uh, moving on to Group B, it looks like the Russians have a pretty good um, a pretty good hold on this one. They've got the Czechs to deal with, Switzerland, and also Denmark. Uh, and Group C is quite interesting to yeah. me. Uh, Finland and Sweden, arch rivals, sitting in Group C, and you got Slovakia and Latvia uh, as well that are in that group. Um, if you want as well, I can rifle through a couple sure, of the players here from each team, or at least or at least the preliminary ones anyway. Yeah. Um, so Canada. Canada, you've, I think we all kind of know where this is going. Uh, McJesus, <laughs> Crosby, and Peter Angelo. Uh, and I will be referring to McDavid as McJesus. It's my little way of not um, uh, giving him too much love and calling him something different. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, USA, USA, we've got Patrick Kane, obviously Matthews, and Seth Jones on defense. Germany, Dreisaitl. Um, very interesting. A uh, little side note here, Marty. Um, Moritz Seider. Uh, has been one of the uh, players named to Germany's uh, preliminary team. So just deservingly so super rookie. Oh so, God. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, it's killing it. And uh, Grubauer and Nets of, yeah. of course you have China and or Norway who have not been named. Uh, no one has been named to either team yet, obviously uh, going to group B with the Russians, Kucherov, Ovechkin and Vasilevsky. Uh, the Czechs have got Palat, Voracek and Pasternak. Swiss uh, are throwing Heischer, Meyer, and uh, Timo Meyer and uh, Roman Yossi in there. Denmark has actually got some pretty decent names here in Bjorkstrand and uh, Ehlers. And they also have another player that they've named to that team by the name of Alexander True. Um, I don't know much about him, but what I do know, Marty, is he's in Seattle system. Oh. Um, so on to Group B. Finland has got a stacked oh, three man, here man. to start off. Barkov, Rantanen, and uh, Sebastian Ajo. Sweden with Landeskog, Zabinijad, and Hedman. Uh, Slovakia is sending um, Andrei Sekera, um, Eric Chernak from the Lightning, and um, Yaroslav Halak will more than likely be their starter. And Latvia has got Rudolf Balsers, 
uh, Zemgus Gergensons and Christian Rubens, who is in Toronto's uh, oh, okay. farm system. He's actually playing with the Marlies right now. Um, side note for Latvia, I'd be very surprised if Elvis Merz-Lincolns does not get named to that team. I'm actually wondering why he wasn't named to the team already. But who knows? I don't know if there's something going on there or if he's declared that he doesn't even want uh, to go, I wonder why they would... Which, yeah. could, which could very well be as well. So, I mean, if you're looking at the, the top three players from each team, there isn't um, as much of a discrepancy when you're looking at the, the three players. But we all know that there's going to be some heavy hitters as usual. I mean, Canada, U.S., Russia, uh, Finland, and Sweden are always in there too. So uh, obviously... Going- I don't know if I'm convinced the U.S. does anything this year, I'll be honest with you. And I, I've said this before, and they've you know, they've well, the- shown up and made me look like an ass. But I just feel like the U.S. team... They'll probably be a little bit younger maybe, but I still think they're going Yeah, gonna- which may may work in their favor. Um, but I... Th- you know what, though? Sorry. I'm going to take that back. I don't know that that necessarily works in their favor. I think the Olympics is such a different type of atmosphere. It's bigger ice surface, right? It's a usually a lot more eyes on you. The pressure's different. You're in another country. It's not the NHL. It's not what you're prepped for uh, coming through the systems. You're not prepped for Olympics. You're prepped for NHL hockey, and that's just how you're bred. Once you make it to the Olympics, it is different, and the tournament is so friggin' quick. It's so small. Uh, there's no room for error, and I think that's where inexperienced experience actually still i think an experience right now kind of works in the nhl because the nhl the nhl has kind of changed things to sort of mold around the younger core i think when it comes to the olympics you if you don't have experience it will show quickly and it it, your it will affect your game your team i mean it's a huge stage right like i mean let's let's call it what it is Uh, there's the nhl stage and then there's the olympic stage so I think we can honestly yeah. say, I mean, you, you've got one, you know, yes, the NHL is trying to become more worldwide and, you know, watched in more countries and so on and so on. But let's face it, the Olympics mm. everywhere, right? So, I mean, I think I, I, th- I think it holds a little credence to what you're saying. Some of these younger players, and, that, and you know what, kind of going back to Zegras, we were mentioning Zegras a, a while ago kind of a situation there mm-hmm. right where it's like okay do we just leave him off the team or is he that guy that we kind of bring on the taxi taxi squad just in case he gets to you know really soak it all in for the next time maybe so it'll be interesting to kind of see how that all plays out i think out so i think with- that's probably the smartest move if you're going to have zegras if you want to help his growth if you want to watch him grow you do these little things, and this is one of those things where, fine, pluck him down the fourth line or something. If you want to kind of protect him, I guess, sort of thing, you limit him, you know, eight minutes a game, whatever it is. Like, it, you can do that, and he'll gain a lot from this. You don't want, you really don't want him to miss. I, I feel it's kind of close to similar when they had considered bringing up, I want to say it was Luongo at the time, where uh, Roy and Brodeur were still very much, you know, the one two guys. Yeah. And they brought Luongo along because he was young and he was, you know, the next up and coming goalie for us until eventually he did become our starting goalie. Not that particular year. But you, you give them the experience because it's important. You know, there's something to be said for being there in the dressing room with the guys at the Olympics. So you, the next time you come down, you're not as wowed by the Olympicness of yeah. it all. So you can, I think, I think you should do that with Zegers because I don't know with the states. I feel like they're they're relying on their your young core, which is what they should do because their old core is aside from Kane. I mean Jones. They named Jones to the. <laughs> three like that's well i mean one. i i will say yeah. though like he he is actually having a pretty decent year in in chicago i know that chicago hasn't exactly been you know 
um, you know, Mr. Consistent per se there, but yeah. And, and, and trust me, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of just surprised. And the only reason I'm really been able to track him more than say the, 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 the normal person would be the fact that I do have him in one of my fantasy leagues. So, but I, I will, agree, oh, I will, okay. but I will That's agree what... with you though, before this trade to Chicago, wow, man, like he was really in my trade bait kind of deal. I, I was looking to move him here, but I, I think just maybe a different change of scenery. I know that Chicago's going going through a tough go right now, but I mean it, it is kind of a historic franchise. So True. I think a little bit of that too. There's a bit of an there's a bit of an allure uh, for a player in regards to that. I can't can't really can't really say I'm saying can't believe I'm saying the word allure with, with Chicago. Chicago yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, like I, you're right. Like he's got 15 and 17, but the, the, for me, what really hurts him right now is his shot percentage at 3.8. He's got two goals on 53 shots, yeah. lots of shots maybe he's just there's maybe he's taking a bit off maybe he's just not finding the right zones maybe that's a result of chicago as a whole not playing great so his shot quality isn't really that great so hence he's got a 3.8 yes i understand he's a defenseman but you're taking a lot of shots you've gotten two and your percentage at 3.8 that's not great but anyways you got to name somebody i suppose and to name somebody on on the d is kind of an important thing and and so i guess jones is their best option for now at least that's how they feel and that's fine i just don't i'm not holding my breath on the states this year but again last time i did that they came through big time and i I made made an ass out of me so maybe i should just keep my mouth shut about it um but i know canada's got issues uh in next well i mean i don't know I mean, I don't know what's the best way to go. I think we can both agree that Canada's looking pretty strong as usual, but in a surprising turn of events, it's it's definitely looking like their weakness for sure. If there's anything, I mean, forwards, I think we're going to be pretty good there. Um, defense, I don't think there'll be an issue there. We got a lot to, to we got a lot yeah. to pull from there. But in regards yep. to the goalies, I think we're looking yep. c- kind of right now around a carry price. Jordan Bennington, potentially Carter Hart. Uh, you know, if you want to throw in some nostalgia in there, maybe uh, maybe Flurry comes in as your third, depending. And that's what but, I don't want. I, mean, I, I don't want that. I would rather have Carter Hart than Mark Andre Flurry right now. And I think for the exact same reason I, I, we talked I, about Zegras, I want Hart in there because I yeah. think Hart eventually leads Team Canada going forward. I think he ends up becoming, sorry for the pun, he becomes your heart. I think he plays his heart out, <laughs> and he does extremely well. I, I think I, I, bl- I believe you're right. Uh, I I'm totally in in that in uh, um, that corner for sure. I mean, I've got heart in our uh, um, fantasy pool ourselves. I mean, I've, I believe in the guy for sure. I followed him, uh, you know, kind of combed through everything in regards to what the guy does in the offseason, so on and so forth, sports psychologist and all of this kind of thing. So I really believe the kid's got a, a, a good mental base for that type uh, of event. I mean, you know, Philadelphia is not the easiest place to play. Uh, that's for sure. And they were definitely on the kid last year and they, they gave him the business. But going to an event like this, I yeah. really do believe that uh, that you're right in, in regards to that. And sending a, a young kid as a third guy, you know, maybe he gets into one game if there's some sort of an injury or whatever the case is. And and as a fan, I can't say I would I, I would be uh, scared or uh, um, uncomfortable with having Carter Hart in the Nets for Canada at the Olympics. I mean. This guy plays against the best guys, uh, the best players in the world in the NHL. So 
I mean, he, he's doing it right now. He, he, you know what, Marty can't say it any better than that. He is doing it right now. So why can't he do it on that stage? And again, it goes back to kind of that mental aspect. And I mean, a lot's been written about this kid and, and, and his uh, mental coaches and, and so on and so forth. I mean, I think he's got a really, really good base yeah. and I totally, totally am in agreement with that. I think that somebody like that should definitely go to the Olympics for Canada. I think at the end of the day, like you think to yourself, okay, am I going to put Carter Hart in or am I going to put this other guy in? It's, okay. So what difference does it make? So what, depending on what your other options are, if it's Binnington, no, you might as well go with Hart. You might as well give yourself more experience because Binnington isn't going to the next Olympics. I'm sorry. It's just not happening. My whole crazy predictions seems to be going out the window. Maybe I'm the one who jinxed it the whole thing. But honestly, unless you've got Carey Price, and for me personally, I want Carter Hart. If it's not Carrie Price, it's Carter Hart. I see the torch being t- passed from Price to Hart. And that's what I honestly want. Because I do think Carter Hart gets even better every year from this moment on. And I, and I think he becomes one of the best in the league. Uh, that defense in Philly is atrocious. That team is, again, playing in a very difficult division. But that team is eight and five. Uh, one of the main reasons, in my opinion, is because of Carter Hart. Uh, Claude Giroux is another one, but it, it, Carter Hart is deserving of the praise, and I don't think he's getting. Enough I mean, of it. I know nobody would want to hear this, obviously, but I think, it, and and I I kind of think you're headed this way as well. Whether Canada did well, let, let's say Carter. Okay, let's just say for the sake of argument's sake, Carter Hart's your starting goalie. Okay, let's say Price is just not right or whatever, and he he pulls out of the Olympics. Okay, cool. So let's really call it what it okay. is. I would feel most comfortable, just like you, in regards to Carter Hart being your starter. Okay, let's just say for argument's sake that the, the team doesn't do well. Okay, perfect. We don't win a medal. Whatever. To me. I, I see that as being a positive no matter what for that kid because you went to the Olympics, yeah. you faced all of the pressure, you're going to face the pressure coming back now to Canada or coming back to your your, your club mm-hmm. team and you're going to eventually be, get into Canada or you're going to hear the social media aspect of it. I mean, to it, it's it can't go wrong. It can't go wrong for Carter Hart, even if, the, even if it didn't go you're well. You're right. Even if it didn't go well. He's just going to build yeah. up his base as a goaltender and the types of situations that he was able to face. <clears throat> Maybe it's a good time to actually switch gears then. Let's let's go right into the uh, oily Habs here. And I don't know, is there enough? <laughs> you know what, Mar- Marty? Is there any material? Marty, I'm going to go ahead and just get my Habs out of the way so we can get right into the meat of it all, okay? Go ahead. So as I do every week, <laughs> okay. I'm going to go ahead and give you all the beautiful stats to come. And I've got some really great doozies this week oh, for you. Oh, man. And I, when I mean doozies, I mean if you're a Habs fan, you might want to turn this program off. <laughs> the record, 20 games played, 5 wins, 13 losses, 2 overtime losses, 12 points. We are sitting with goals for 44, goals against 70 for a difference of 26. Oh. It just keeps getting worse, bud. That is worse. atrocious. So last week, the, I... I, 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 I I had wrote the little note down, the tire fire continues, man. <laughs> so last week, the Rangers, they lose 3-2 to the Rangers. They lose 6 nothing to Pittsburgh. Absolutely atrocious game. And they actually pulled off a win 6-3 against uh, uh, Nashville last night. Yeah. Now here's the real interesting numbers, folks. Power play percentage, 14.8, 29th in the league. Oh. Penalty killing percentage, 69.2, 29th in the league. Goals for per game, 
31st in the league. Goals against per game, 3.50, 30th in the league. So I think that basically has me saying, how are your Oilers doing this week, Marty? <laughs> yeah, and we're done with the Habs. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say my usual spiel about the Habs, which is my usual issue with them. Okay. Uh, but firstly, Bergevin, I hope Bergevin feels good. Apparently the COVID hit him pretty hard. I guess he's got it. Uh, he's got it pretty bad. But uh, I think he. he Hopefully, does he's he feeling better. Quarter. Yeah, like we don't. We don't yeah, wish he, any he, anything bad on any human no, being here. Not at all. No, 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 no. He's still a human being. He's still a good person. I'm sure. That aside, uh, his interview with Sportsnet um, had me chuckling because, uh, you know, I don't know if it's the mentality of the captain going down with the ship. You know, at all costs, uh, I'm going to be there, which is fine. Um, but he's still convinced that, you know, no, we're going to find a way to win some games. I think the rest of the way, it's a, the stat is ridiculous. In order for you guys to even sniff at anything, any amount of success and get into the eighth seed, um, you know, the rest of the way, the rest of the stretch you guys have to go on is absurd because you guys, mostly because you guys still don't even know who you are. Right after the win against Calgary, uh, which should have been a huge boost to everybody's ego in that locker room, like, hey, we can get something together against one of the best teams in the league what happens you you shit the bed go on a i think it was a six game you shit you literally shit the bed i mean it was a four game losing streak right after that you you beat one of the best teams and what do you do for the rest like you said you shit the bed for the rest four games in a row and then you you snuff one out in against nashville this honestly all this tells me is that the direction you guys are actually going in is you will win one or two every once in a while. <laughs> the rest of the time, you're uh, he, this is it. You're at the bottom. I wasn't going to say much more about the Habs, but I will say this, Marty. Even I, I watched okay. that game against Nashville last night. Even when they win a game six to three, they win it ugly. And what I mean by that is they were up, I believe they were up five to nothing, coasting. Every, everybody's playing well. Everybody's playing well. The pieces are falling into place. And then Matt Duchesne in the third period goes off for a natural hat trick. Yeah, that felt and weird. I'm, and I'm just like, <laughs> there's no moments like that. Okay, like we won the game, but it, you didn't, you did, you, you you didn't finish. Like they just didn't finish. They didn't finish. Like, and, and I'm sorry, and I'm sorry when you're playing like that. I mean, even if it's only going to be that one win, you got to come into that third period with some pride, man. And I just, I, I, it left me, it, when that game finished, Marty, I was like, okay, two points. Perfect. Like, (laughs) great. But it just, it, it just, it felt like that third period sucked the life out of you. At this, at this point, I would say any game that you win is just so that at the end of the season, you can say you won some games. (laughs) It's not to say that it kept you in the hunt for anything. It's just, uh, yep. Once at the end of the year, how was your season? We won some games. That's it. That's, that's why you get to win every once in a while. So you can say that that's, that's as far as it goes. It's just, it, (laughs) It's a, it's a really, really bad year. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's yeah. definitely not getting any better and I don't foresee it getting any better, but I mean, Hey, funnier things have happened. And St. Louis did something 
oh, a couple of years it. back. So you never know. We could get stop. on to a nice run. Don't be uh, what, what the hell am I talking about? Where, where am I but, going? And, and, Sorry, I'm, I must no, be on you some good drugs. Come back God, down geez. to earth, my friend. But that's that. That's the thing, though. I'm going to say this. Because it's this year, because it, because the Olympics are involved in here, and Montreal seems to be very good, especially Bergevin seems to be very good at capitalizing on being in the right place at the right time. And this is the kind of year that has that extra little thing going on that messes with the standings on an otherwise normal season. And Montreal's very good at capitalizing on that, and to me, that's their in. But the thing is, is you... you you still don't get there unless you start stringing together more than one win every five games, which is what they're doing right now. That, so, I mean, if they can just figure something out, they're just not—they're just not give, instilling in anyone that they will do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, if there were if there were some the signs, not. like for they're the first not. month and a half here, where but <laughs> but even even getting price back. What's the sign? Jake Allen going like, down. What's the sign? Uh, Cole Caulfield being sent well, down? And that's, What's and the, that's the thing, right? Like, there's like, nothing I mean, positive. Like, I mean, the, the Cole Caulfield is telling, and I, I won't go too into depth about this. I don't want to, uh, you don't want to give too much uh, airtime to the Habs here. Um, but when you're sending Cole Caulfield down, like you're sending him down to protect him from this. So like, it, it's not going well. It, 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 I don't think it's going to go well the rest of the year. I mean... No. Even, Marty, even if they get all of these guys back and they get super healthy, and even if they go on some sort of a run, Tampa Bay, nah. Toronto, Boston, nah. the, the way no. the way They're Detroit's no. playing right now, Florida, Florida. Like I mean, it, it, the writing to me is on the wall. No, it's on, it, the writing's on the wall. You just in today's NHL and with the point system, you know, the it's, extra it's, point in the overtime, it's just they've dug themselves too deep of a hole. They're, I mean. Hey, listen, I I hope I'm ridiculously wrong and they go on a miracle run and they make the playoffs. Yay, great. But the way they've played so far, no, there's just, nothing that tells you that they're gonna no. make that happen. And I you know, Price is a good goalie and everything, but when he comes back, he can't save the season. It, they're too far gone. He can only um, do so much, man. This guy can only do so much. <laughs> yeah, he can't literally put the puck in the net for him. So <laughs> that's the that's the only that's no. a big problem in, in Montreal, but not Edmonton. <laughs> Edmonton. Oh, uh, here we go. Edmonton here we is go. second Buckle in up, the folks. league in uh, goals for at 3.88, which is, a, I, I'm a little dis- disappointed with that to find out that they're second. Uh, but their power play, that to me, it's, I don't know. I It's like, I, I it's, it's almost like finding out your, your... It's incredible. It's like finding out your mom gave you, you know, instead of $5, she gave you $10 to go to a candy store when they're on the power play like Edmonton's oh. already fun you're already in the candy store with five bucks but then when they go on the power play it's like oh, my mom hid five dollars in my grocery bag there's an extra five dollars let's go it the power play is so much fun they are something fierce on that power play that power play is so dominant it's just incredible i, I there's like i mean it, it literally it literally is scaring teams like that that is it. That is a definition of an absolutely scary power play. Like you literally, it's part of your game plan. Game plan going in against the Oilers. Let's stay out of the box. You have to talk period. about it. You have to. And honestly, you have to. I I gotta wonder. I'm gonna try and figure this out. If any team has gone uh, with two penalties, so it was a five on three. 
I don't know if Edmonton's gotten into a five on three this year. I haven't seen one, but it's very possible. But I'd like to know because that I'm just, I just want to see the highlight of that because that must, that'd be like a joke at that point where there's just too much room for them to oh. score at that point. Like, oh my god! But also impressive, you know, penalty kill second in the league, 88.9%. Like they're everything around them is working. It's their best start in 36 years. Um, this is, and I want to talk about this real quick, and then we'll move on to our beauties and the beasts. Skinner. Okay, so at first I wasn't a big fan of Skinner coming in every once in a while, and 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 I understood that it was because of injuries and that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I like Skinner. I just I thought he was better suited in staying in the NHL. And they've got another goalie. I can't remember his name right now. Who's got more NHL experience? So I was maybe thinking that made more sense. But now I'm, I know I'm completely wrong. So I think Skinner. See that because we talked a lot about how with Edmonton their biggest issue is still goaltending, and Koskinen has proven himself to be very serviceable for the rest of the season. He's your number one, and I love that, and he's doing very well. He's got an issue with letting in soft goals that he needs to kind of work through, but anyways, that that's a whole other thing. I, I think. See, and I know some fans don't like how Tippett handles that kind of stuff either. They Tippett usually likes to let his goalies sort of work through their issues in the games and stuff, and sort of. I don't know, get inspiration from that, become better on their own. But, you know, I I like that, but I don't mind the idea of Skinner being thrown every once in a while. And I think Skinner just proved that he can definitely handle load beating Winnipeg, which was a very difficult thing to do. Um, obviously, with all the skill they have in Winnipeg, he was able... He played great. He played phenomenal. Now, imagine if he's that, you know, that plug for the five hole that that Edmonton has always needed, where he will put pressure on Koskin and the rest of the way to keep his game going in the right direction. Because Koskinen's game is going in the right direction. It's trajecting in the right way. It's going up. He's getting better this year. He's kind of figured out a few things, but not everything. Imagine Skinner putting pressure on him, where we actually, you know what? We're going to rely on Skinner for a little stretch here. He's going to play maybe two or three games in a row, and he's going to win all of them. He's going to play very well. And part of that, obviously, is because you got Dry Saddle McDavid on your team and, you know, whatever. But the other reason will be because he's actually playing very well. His numbers are extremely solid. So imagine if that's what happens this year, where you've got those two goalies actually trying to compete for each other. But really, you know, it's not a, a bad competition. It's good. It's healthy for them. It's healthy for the team. And everything clicks. That's why I think this year with Edmonton, there's a lot of things clicking very well. And I said at the beginning of, the, the, of our, our very first episode... Was that with Edmonton, everyone's going to be the beneficiary of things falling in the right place at the right time. And I think I think that's another sign. I mean, it's a small sample size, yes. Five games played, four of them he started. He's two and two. But what really brings, uh, yeah. brings the heat for me in the small sample size, mind you, is the goals against average 2.8, uh, 2.08 and a 9.39 save percentage. I, I, I mean, again, small sample size, but you and I both know... Yeah. Uh, the coaches, uh, players, like you're, you, you can, that, that translate to the ice. Like that's not just numbers that are just, okay, plop them here and there you go. Like I, I saw that game against, uh, Chicago and yeah, okay. It's not a powerhouse in Chicago. I get that, but you still have Kane. You still have the Brinkett. You still have Taves. You got Seth Jones on the back end now. I mean, they're not devoid of talent. They're not devoid of talent and he, and he played really well. Uh, and if I'm yeah. not mistaken, the game before that, no. is that not where he, did he win a two to one game with 46 saves or that was Winnipeg. That, that was the Winnipeg game. The game. That was the yeah. Winnipeg game. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> again, I, I hate to kind of continue to use the same word, but he's instilling some confidence 
in both the, the, the coaching and the management team and the, and more importantly, the players, because look, we're talking about Stuart Skinner here. Guy's got five games played this year. I mean, if Edmonton can't make any kind of a move to potentially upgrade their goaltending, again, mm-hmm. going back to a small sample size, you got to feel comfortable with Stuart Skinner coming in there. I, I mean, you have a team you that you know is going to put some goals in the back of the net. You just yeah. need to weather one and two storms a game. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, you and I both know, Marty, it's such a good league that any team, even an expansion team or a quote-unquote basement dweller, they have skill on that team and they're going to score goals. So yeah. it's going to happen. You just need right. to kind of mitigate... And in this case, Skinner would need to kind of mitigate those times where the ice is tilted a little, little bit in the opponent's favor to Edmonton, yeah. obviously. And yeah. if he can weather that, and he has, like he has shown you that in, in two games, that he can get that done. And the numbers back that up to the play. So, I mean, if I'm if I'm an Oilers fan, I, I feel pretty good. I think as long as the numbers continue to trend in that direction... I think you do keep doing it. Yep. You you want as much exposure to it so that the numbers continue to go in that direction and you continue to convince yourself that, you know what, yes, this is exactly what we're talking about. This is the season where we finally get that extra goalie that's behind our, our number one goalie that we know and we can trust and we can throw them into that situation. I wouldn't be at all surprised if you see Koskinen be the starting goalie in the playoffs, but they make such a deep run and something happens that there's a switch and Skinner ends up closing it out for them. We've seen that before. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the kind of thing that happens this year. But I, at the very least, want them to build that kind of confidence in that moment leading up to it. So that that means now you work with that structure. I think you, I, I understand when Smith comes back, you're probably going to have to play him because you paid him. Ah, but I mean, <laughs> I'm fine with him being a healthy scratch too. Like I, I don't know. I have more faith going forward with Skinner than. Skinner and Koskinen than I do with Koskinen and Smith. Well, I mean, look, Marty, and I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I mean, the the goaltending in Edmonton is going to be a um, a topic of discussion that that will continue going forward here. But and and you know, going over some of the numbers that you just mentioned, one of the big things for me is that penalty killing. I mean, the power plays in this league are such a big big um, either momentum shift or uh, just flat out changing the game right and again like no matter which team you're kind of playing mm-hmm. here yeah they go through ups and downs but the you know you're talking about the National Hockey League all these guys can do some damage so to me when you have yeah. when you have that penalty kill you know sitting at second in the league you can kind of say whatever you want about the goaltending. You can say that, okay, there's nothing splashy that comes out at me in regards to Edmonton's defense. That's all well and good because for the Edmonton fans, they don't care if it's splashy or not. They're sitting second in penalty killing in the league. And that is taking away a lot of opportunity, a lot of opportunity. And, and what a lot of people tend to forget, that takes a lot of momentum away from that other team. And Marty, we know that the way Edmonton plays, when that momentum shifts back to the Oilers, it, we, we both know that all, all it takes is one line rush from McDavid and you're Forget done. Uh, sorry, McJesus and you're done. McD- yeah, that's right. See, and, that, and that's the thing. Like, we, like we're, we're sitting here, we're talking about Skinner and Koskinen, but then when all else fails, just 
rely on the guy who in the last uh, 14 games had two games where he went through four players on the opposing team and he is still considered the second best player on his team, okay? We've got that on our team if our goalies struggle because, listen, they're going to. There's going to be days where there's going to be some struggles. We're going to lose some games. We're not done. We've lost, what, two, three games? We're not done. We're going to lose more. That's okay. That's part of the process. But I think we need to find that system where those two goalies are feeding off of each other, successful off of each other, and that's that missing piece because tell me everything else isn't there. Second in power play, first, well, in, sorry, uh, second in penalty kill, first in power play, uh, second in goals four, which is ridiculous. They should be number one. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> um, and I think they're sixth or seventh in uh, goals against, or maybe even ninth, actually. No, it's ninth. Um, like all of it rounds out to be a Stanley Cup. I mean, finals I mean, team. They're, they're always talking, and, and I, won't get, I won't say any more about the Oilers other than this here. When it comes to Toronto, they're talking about the process, the process, right? They got to go through this process. Okay, well, they're kind of failing at the process, right? Yeah. <laughs> failing so far, guys. They're having a good year and they're playing yeah, good yeah. hockey. And that, I don't want to take anything away from that. Fuck them. But take in regards to the Oilers, <laughs> the way the way the way they've been playing, the way they've been playing, and th- that process that they're going through, they really haven't made any deep runs here. And I think you know, uh, I mean, I don't. I don't think I'm off at all here in saying that McDavid is definitely matured. Yep. I think Dreisaitl is a mature player as yep. is, period. So these guys, look, the, 35 points in 17 games, they're going to get all the accolades. But if you talk to these guys, I'm sure off camera, they're like, I, I could have 100 points in 17 games and it's not going to mean a damn thing if we don't go exactly. to the Stanley Cup. Like these guys are yep. ready to go. They're, you know, and, and I'm sure for you Leafs fans out there, they're ready to go too. But it just... I, I really do feel like Edmonton is maybe building more of, of of the team, whereas Toronto, again, we go back to that roster construction. So, I mean, all to all to say that Edmonton is playing some very very good hockey. They are they are improving some area uh, some deficient areas that they've had uh, in previous years, and I mean they're making some really big strides right now in regards to really solidifying themselves as a team that can get it done. There's still some things maybe that are questionable, uh, even by Oilers fans themselves. But well, they, and, uh, I think I you're think in a they, good spot, man. I think they, those are learning um, moments for them. Like Because at one point, they, they went on a, a bit of a stretch where they were leaning on Skinner, and Skinner lost two games against teams that they probably should have beaten. I think one of them was Detroit, and the other one... Uh, I want to say, but Eric. there was no panic. But there was no but panic, no, right? No, that's the thing. Like they still stuck to the system. They brought Skinner. They kept Skinner around. They knew what they wanted to get out of him, and eventually they did. And and that was because they stuck to it. And there's another thing I see out of the the Oilers game this year that I didn't necessarily see it before, which was a never quit. Like they honestly, there's every shift is like they're full of energy and they're ready to go and they're ready to prove something else every single shift. And I see that in Hyman. And I feel that he brought that next level of don't quit to that team. And I think that's an underrated thing about his what he's brought to that team. He's not just a great producer. He's There's something going on in that dressing room that he has brought into that whole team and they've bought into it and they want it and they like it. And it's what they, it's what they are. Because if you see Hyman the way he plays, he never quits. And Edmonton plays that similar style better now than they ever have. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, everything is just there, right? Everything's it's, just it, clicking. They're relentless. Yeah. And I they mean, should they be. literally are relentless right now. Yep. You, yeah. You, you, I mean, you've got the team to do it. Absolutely. If you can run up the score to be 12-5, do it. Absolutely. 12-0. Do it. Make it happen. Try to get out there every single day and get because, 12 goals a game. Because it's the way they're winning some of these games, right? Because that game against Chicago, I mean, I don't know how how you felt about it, but I mean, at one point you're like, ah, gee, Chicago's kind of getting run out, run out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just the way the game was going. So, and that's demoralizing and, and like, oh, that's demoralizing big time. I mean, I, not that I necessarily felt bad for Chicago because at the end of the day, screw Chicago, but still like, um, I mean, any advantage you can get in a national hockey league. So if you can demoralize the other team, you're Edmonton was just kind of playing with them. And I mean, hundred percent. you know, Chicago didn't know what to do with themselves there for a minute. So, and, and that's where you want that team. That's where you want any team that you're playing against in, in the league. So, I mean, I, I, I don't want to go any deeper than that there. I know we got another couple of seg- or one segment here to get to, so I won't. Uh, we got one segment left. Yeah. I think everyone gets it. We like Edmonton. We're good. <laughs> Even I like him a little bit. But we're not done. We're going to be, I, they're so, they're just so much fun. Honestly, they do remind me a lot of the um, uh, Oilers of the 80s. Where they were just a, a bit lot of running of gun to, to them, watch. and I feel they've got yeah, a lot a bit of, of a running gun to them. Yeah, for yeah, sure. absolutely. And they, and they, and they've got the players that sort of pony up side by side, right? Like Gretzky, McDavid. You can either go Curry or Messier with Drysaitel. I would go Curry actually with Drysaitel. Makes a little bit more sense. And then you kind of ran that out with Nuge or Hyman with Messier, and then you got Coffee with Nurse and. Grant Fuhrer, I guess, is uh, Koskinen, but anyway. Okay, okay, okay. Enough <laughs> about your damn Oilers. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right, all right. You're fair. You're right. Okay. So, <laughs> Beauties and the Beast. <laughs> My Oilers are awesome. Beauties and the Beast. <laughs> Do you want to? I talked a lot, so why don't you go ahead with your Beauties? I will and the Beast. go ahead and rifle off our um, at least my Beauties and the Beast for this week. So, uh, in regards to Beauties this week, folks, uh, we're looking at Ryan Getzlaff. Really nice resurgence out there in Anaheim. Of course, that uh, that nice. has a little bit to do with the Troy Terry thing too, and he's actually playing a fair bit of minutes. He's just under twenty minutes a game. Uh, he's got nineteen points up on the year, sure. one goal, eighteen assists, and he's a plus two. So again, uh, not much was necessarily expected out of Anaheim. So at a plus two, I was actually somewhat surprised. But I mean, when you see the way they've been playing, and they've been putting up a few goals too. So uh, when you really think about it, I suppose it wasn't that surprising. Um, Alex Kalorn is uh, the second guy I have down on the list. 16 games played, seven goals, nine assists. He's been a really great guy. Um, I wanted to mention if anybody out there is in daily fantasy, he's a guy that's kind of in and out of the daily fantasy a little bit. So that could always be some, uh, some guy that you want to, might want to take a look at if, uh, you're looking to uh, plug and play a little bit over the next week. Um, the third guy I have down is Timo mm-hmm. Meyer. He's having a really nice season too. Um, a, a few less games, Marty, he, uh, he was involved in the, uh, COVID protocols there that the Sharks had at the start of the year. So he's only got 11 games played, but he's got 15 points up, six goals, nine assists, and he's a plus seven right now. So doing really well out there in San Jose, um, playing 13, uh, sorry, 1738, uh, a night. So he's, uh, he's got some serious, uh, time on ice right now. Um, my beast for this week is going to be Kevin Fiala. Um, when you go over his point totals, he's got 10 points in 17 games. So serviceable guy in, in a daily fantasy, sort of. And the reason I say that is because he's okay. really hit the doghouse here over the last few weeks. 
Uh, Coach Dean Evison uh, just doesn't seem to like his game right now. Uh, he is off any power play unit in Minnesota. So if you are a Kevin Fiala owner, wow. you may want to either try and package him up in some sort of a trade, uh, trade him outright one-on-one, although that will be mm-hmm. very difficult. Um, and you can all, I mean, if you really want to, you can kind of hold on and see if something happens with some of the other uh, skillful players in that roster. But uh, at the present moment, he might be a, he might be. Um, yep, probably worth a, a job. For a job. <laughs> I don't know if it gets that much better uh, from here on out, but. Uh, I don't think so, oh, man. Some good picks for sure. Thanks, you, man. Um, so for whatever reason, I've actually been really enjoying the whole uh, forward defense goalie sort of structure we did uh, going through this. Yep. So I'm, I'm actually going to be sticking to that until I feel like I'm going to do something else. But anyways, and but for whatever reason, I went Dallas heavy. I went with Jamie Ben, Asa, Isa, Isa Lindell, and Jake Odinger, Oedinger. There I go, butchering up some names for you. Ah, that's a good time. Um, I used to own Jamie Ben. I owned him for years and then I had to give up on him a couple of years ago. I feel he may be turning a corner. I think right now Rick Bonus is actually feeling something pretty good with this team. He's made a couple of moves. He's shuffled some lines here and there. Lindell is not on any power play. Uh, he's He is on the penalty kill, but um, he's been playing for some reason his points. He's got four points the last three games. Same thing with Jamie Benn. They've been getting points off of each other. So I don't know if there's something there. I know they're on the second pairing together. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you would see Lindell, though, at some point, just sort of shuffled into the second power play because that's where Ben is as well. They seem to be playing well with each other right now for whatever reason, and they've won three out of five as a result. So that's, you know, all signs in... Those are all positive things in the right direction. Um, and with Jake, he's... It's a small sample size, and I've got him too, and this is it's more pumping up my tires, I suppose, but he's he's <laughs> one that I think last year he did so well. Um, it was hard to believe they got sent down into the AHL. It was hard to believe that they went out and got Braden Holpe um, after all that. That was so, weird. Because they also had... They already... Yeah, it was. It's worked out, uh, although he's injured. Holpe's injured right now, and that's why Jake got the call. But Hudobin has been just atrocious this year, so I'm not sure he's going to get much more playing time. I can see that going the way of the Dodo, and it'll basically be Jake and, uh, and Holpe the rest of the way, which actually makes a whole lot of sense. Um, but this, I wanted to point out what Rick said about him in the last game, which I thought, this is amazing. So he's eating the puck and reading the plays really, really well. No rebounds and swallowing the puck when he had to. Uh, he reads the play really well, and he anticipates everything really good. I mean, that covers all the basis of why you want a goalie in nets. He's basically doing everything right right now. So I just see that as being the kind of thing that Hudobin doesn't get any more playing time until Holby comes back, as far as I'm concerned. I think he's playing tonight. Uh, I think he's starting tonight, and then basically we'll see how that goes. I forget who he's playing tonight. But I, he, his numbers are there, and it's just – anyways, he's just playing really well. And as a whole, Dallas, I think, is turning things around. I think Dallas is going to start taking off. Sege needs to smart up a little bit and wake up, but uh, I think Dallas has turned a corner. Um and then, so my beast is Jordan Bennington, really doing everything he can to prove me wrong in my crazy predictions, because holy geez. So he's, <laughs> he's <laughs> in the last three games, he's managed to lose to Arizona, where he allowed four goals, Dallas, where he's allowed five, and Edmonton. I get it. You, you know, five against Edmonton, it happens. But if you're going to be one of the best teams in the league, you got to play better against the best teams in the league, and allowing five goals is not how you do it. Uh, Bennington right now in those last three games, he's a 374 and 873. 
he's atrocious. Um, he's I don't know if he's just a, a slump and he'll break out of it. I'm probably will. Because uh, putting Jordan Biddington as your beast in a week is not something that I expected to see at all. But I, I had to just because, I don't know, maybe it's St. Louis as a whole, but Biddington has just been looking like crap lately. So well, for, there you go. For St. Louis's sake, I, I certainly hope that kind of the COVID, they went through a couple of COVID things here. I know that uh, O'Reilly sure. was out for a little bit, and I know that Shen is currently out now too. So hopefully once, and we talked about it off air, but uh, hopefully once things kind of stabilize a little bit, Marty, that prediction may still be in the cards here for you too. I mean, I, th- I still think they're a really yeah. good team and I'm sure you feel the same way uh, or you wouldn't have made the prediction in the first place. Yep. But, um, I, you know, just going no. through a bit of a soft little part of their schedule maybe. And I really see this team kind of, you know, yeah. do, still doing some damage here whenever they, they do get to the playoffs. I see them as a pretty, pretty stout uh, playoff team. A big team, so if they can kind of get everybody rolling here and get everybody back, I think your well, prediction I, I, still may be all right. There, hopefully, the other team that's kind of screwed up my prediction is Colorado. They're uh, they're on fire right now. They've won five, four of the last five. They're well. It'll be so interesting. It'll be interesting when McKinnon <laughs> comes back too, because he's such a big presence yes, in the room yeah. and on the ice. I wonder. Yep. You wonder if it's going to take exactly. them a little bit of time to kind of sort things out a little bit after that. We'll see. We'll see. I. You know what? We're, it would be interesting. Actually, what we should do for our next show is we should check in on our predictions and see how we're doing. Hey. It might be something else that we do for our next show. I, I can tell you right now, my prediction of the Islanders making out of the East isn't looking so good. The hell, they're last place in the damn Metropolitan <laughs> Division. So, you know, but Calgary? Yes, guy. Yeah. Calgary? Yeah. Yes, guy. That's looking pretty good. That's looking pretty safe. <laughs> so there you have it, folks. You got the old beauties and the beast in this week from both of us and couple of players that you may be able to kind of plug and play into your lineups here over the next week or a couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, and honestly, uh, Mike, as usual, I think you make some you make some really solid picks every week, so I'm always interested in hearing those uh, coming from you. So so thanks for uh, staying on top of that because you do a really good job with that. Oh, thank you kindly, man. You do the same. Thanks, bud. And that's it. That's a wrap for uh, episode... What is this? Episode four? This is four, right? This is four, baby. Okay. All oh, right. Yes. Shut the door on episode four. Oh, buddy. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. I felt we gotta good. have a little a little tag outline at the end there. We gotta figure so that out. We we're will. gonna try. We'll get better. Try and, we'll be there. Try and do one for every number. Then from now on, there's something that rhymes. <laughs> Shut the door on episode four. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you're interested in reaching out to us. You can email us at two guys, a league, and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes at anchor.fm slash tugalag. Or you can follow us on Twitter where you can find all of our info. Our handle is at tugalag. That's the number two, followed by G A L A G. Don't forget to like, follow, and share. Thanks for listening, and until next time.